Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with Mo O'Hara, the author of the Big Fat Zombie Goldfish series, about the misadventures of friends Tom and Pradeep and their undead zombie goldfish. The books are published in the U.S. by Fywell and Friends, an imprint of Macmillan Children's Publishing Group, which is sponsoring this podcast. This spring sees the arrival of two new books in O'Hara's series. Out in March, Anything is Possible is the fourth book in the series. Like its predecessors, it's two stories in one. The first involves a possible Egyptian curse, and in the second, athletes are mysteriously losing their abilities. Publishing at the same time of that book is the very first picture book spinoff of the series. In that book, The Fantastic Fish Sitter, Pradeep's younger sister Sammy tries to keep the zombie goldfish safe from the vampire cat Fang. Mo, thank you for speaking with me. No, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. So now that you're several books into this series, um, mm-hmm. why did you decide that you wanted to bring uh, Tom and Pradeep's story to a younger audience? Well, I had this thought about Sammy. Sammy is Pradeep's little sister, and she's in the fiction books, and she's she's a pretty big part of the fiction books. She's got a special connection with the zombie goldfish, and it, once he zombifies her, she can kind of understand what he's saying. But I kind of wanted to tell more of her story, uh, and I kind of thought she was an interesting character in her own right, and she was always the sidekick. So I thought a picture book with her telling you know, telling her story would be fun. Did you then pitch this idea to the publisher? Were they pretty receptive of spinning off the series like this? Yeah, well, they had actually said if I wanted to do a zombie goldfish picture book, if I wanted to try out some things, let them know because they were into that idea. And then the Sammy idea came to me because I kind of thought, well, I don't, I can't really see Tom and Pradeep necessarily, they're telling their story. I don't necessarily, I don't see another reason to tell their story in a different format, but Sammy's story had yet to be told. So (laughs) I wanted her out there. And did you end up working with the same uh, editors, either in the UK or the US on this book as you did with with the novels? No, it was a different editor. So I worked with a picture book editor at Macmillan in the UK, Laura Roberts on the picture book. So yeah, and it was a very different experience because obviously Marek, uh, our illustrator, was working with the art director and I was working with the editor and then it all kind of came together. So yeah, it was it was a much different experience than, than working on the fiction books. Mm-hmm. From a writing standpoint, uh, this being, I think, your first picture book, how did that yes. experience compare to the novels that you'd done? I'm in a zone with the zombie goldfish books. You know, an idea comes to me and I know where I want to go with it and I know what form that has to take and and I kind of know the humor of it and stuff. So it was a challenge for me to write for a younger audience, but also not to to let the words tell all the story because the pictures have to tell half or more of the story. So it was giving that up. It was <laughs> it was letting the illustrator do a lot of the talking. Mm. And I should know, but had, had Marek done uh, picture books before? Or was this a first for him as well? He had done um, other people's. Yeah, he had he had done some picture books, mm-hmm. but this was a this was I think it's this his first U.S. one. Okay, and of course he had illustrated the, the novels as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Marek Yagitsky is uh, someone that Macmillan found, and uh, I was just showed his illustrations way back at the beginning of the series when they were first looking for an illustrator for the series. And I just thought, that's it. That's Tom. That's Pradeep. That's Frankie. That's, you know, he's seeing inside my head. And he always does these really funny asides and stuff as well in the illustrations. There's a recurring pigeon that is in a lot of the books. (laughs) It was never mentioned, but just like (laughs) makes me crack up every time I see him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Did you uh, have any more interaction with the two of you, uh, given you know the storytelling weight that goes on with the, the art in a picture book, or was that sort of handled through the team at Macmillan? Yeah, it was mostly handled through the team at Macmillan, but we got to know each other. We met each other uh, about a year, I guess, after the first book came out. Um, and then we, you know, have each other's email addresses and Facebook messages and we would send each other things and go, oh, I love this spread. Did you do this? And da, da, da. So it was, we did have some outside contact, but it mostly went through the art director and the editor because they have to communicate with each other as much as they have to communicate with us. So, mm-hmm. did you end up with any particular favorite moments from the uh, from the new picture book? Yeah, there's there's a spread where Fang, who is the vampire kitten, who is loosely based on my own kittens, <laughs> who are who are you know bitey but super cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is there is a scene where Fang, uh, who is in stealth mode, is like hiding in the garden, and there's all these things that he's you know hiding behind a garden gnome and inside a hose, and uh, yeah, I I love that spread. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorites. So. Uh, well, you know, speaking of things loosely uh, inspired by reality, we probably should talk a little bit about the origins of the series as a whole. Um, I think you've spoken about this in the past, but it's right that basically the series was partially inspired by some real events. Yeah, yeah. So um, my brother and I, when we were kids, I guess I was about eight and he was about 10, um, we had a goldfish and uh, the goldfish was called No Name because uh, we couldn't agree on the name of the goldfish. And so my mom just said, that's it. Then we're just going to call it No Name. So No Name uh, lived in our house for a while. Uh, and one day we got home from school and No Name was floating belly up on the top of the bowl. And instead of just going, oh my gosh, No Name's dead. That's so sad. We had obviously seen way too many hospital TV shows because the first thing we did was we thought, we got to save the fish. And uh, we got a nine volt battery, you know, the kind with the <laughs> double ends. And we <laughs> laid the fish on the counter and did the whole clear and uh, shocked the fish. And uh, he started flapping around again and we put him back in the bowl and the fish lived like another year after that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it really defies belief a little bit. It does. But, you know, since I've told this story, so many kids have come up to me with their own fish, fish resuscitation techniques. Mm-hmm. I have heard about like... Uh, pulling a fish back and forth in the water, which is kind of like doing CPR in them because it's pushing water through their gills and oxygenating them. I've heard about uh, somebody said their dad crumbled a bit of Alka-Seltzer into the bowl <laughs> and that helped the fish. I was like, okay, I'm not advocating it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I, I've heard various fish resuscitation techniques since. since. But yeah, so that when I was writing my story, I had this you know thing that happened to me as a kid in my head. And, um, yeah, I suddenly got this, oh, Frankenfish. And then huh. Frankenfish turned into Frankie, the zombie goldfish. Mm. Well, so. th- th- your next spinoff might have to be something on the nonfiction side about how to, you know, resuscitate uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just pet CPR. <laughs> it's a useful thing, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so what about your, your goals and plans as far as becoming a writer? At, at what point did you realize that, you know, you wanted to, re- A, write children's books and, B, maybe return to this kind of story? Well, I... Um, I was an actor before I was a writer, and I think that really informs my writing because I still write, uh, as my editor will tell you, I write very dialogue heavy. So I have to constantly go back and go, hmm, where am I? Put more description in. Um, but I, I think as an actor when I'm writing, so I think in my characters, I, I get in their heads, I, I kind of get into character. And that's why I really, really like writing in the first person. Um, I have written some things in third person, but I... I feel most comfortable writing in first person because I feel like it's most like acting 
I'm inside that person's head telling their story. And I get into it late in life, I guess. I was in my mid-30s and I had worked a lot in children's theater as an actor and I had written for performance. So I'd written plays and I had written um, storytelling monologues and I toured the country as a storyteller. And a couple of people had said, you know, you should write those down. They're good. <laughs> you, know, you could try to get that published. And then when I got pregnant with my my son, um, acting work is slightly harder to come by when you're pregnant because you can pretty <laughs> much just play pregnant people. <laughs> so <laughs> I do voiceovers. But uh, yeah, so I, I took a writing course uh, while I was pregnant and I took a children's writing course and I got really into it. And then, um, yeah, it, it all kind of came from there. So. Mm. Yeah. Now you grew up in the States, but you at some point moved to London. Um, was that in part due to work, you know, working in that sort of acting, performing story? No, it was totally just because I just got out of college and I really wanted to travel and I spoke no foreign languages. So <laughs> I uh, went and lived in Dublin for a while because I could speak English there and that was cool. And uh, O'Hara, Irish heritage, that was cool. And then uh, I was only supposed to be in London for six months. And that was 22 years ago. Okay. So I kind of got stuck. <laughs> Two kids later and I'm still here. And mm-hmm. it's so but it's, I, home, it's I, home now? It's home now. But but when I go home to Philly, Philly is home too. So I'm really uh, straddling continents. I, I, I love it when I go home. I go home like twice a year probably. I'm going home to Philly. Actually, the tour is starting in Philly. McMillan is sending me on a, on a zombie goldfish tour. And it's starting in uh, in Philadelphia. So I get to go to a local bookshop in Collegeville, which is like 20 minutes from where I grew up, mm. and start the tour. So I am going home. <laughs> well, that makes me wonder. You know, you're, you're obviously perfectly familiar with American English and, I guess, British English. Do you end up sort of tweaking both versions of your stories for both markets? Yeah, yeah totally. Um, th- well, my editor in, in America, Holly, does a lot of the Americanizing of it, but I, I can, I Americanize it myself. And then she does pull me up on stuff that I've lived in England for so long. <laughs> She's like, like we, um, I can't remember what it was. Oh, I, there was a recycling thing, like a water butt, like you would have, uh, in England, you call it a water, butt. like your drain pipe, we collect rainwater. Mm. And I, for, I, I had never encountered one in America because I was only like 20 when I left and I never owned such a thing. So <laughs> there was, there's some stuff I'm like, I don't know what the American equivalent is to that. Or it's like a techie thing that's called different in America than it's called here that, you know, was different by the time I left. Mm-hmm. But we kind of Americanize it together. The first book needed a lot of changing because I wasn't thinking of how it was going to be adapted. But then the subsequent books haven't needed as much because I've had it in my head as I was writing it. And I was thinking that wouldn't be very clear to an American kid reading this. The school mm-hmm. things are difficult because schools are really different in America and in England. Mm-hmm. Like the the age that you move on to secondary school and the way things are structured and the time of day and everything. So I have to do a lot of switching in the stories that are set at school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And are you still uh, performing and doing sort of public storytelling appearances in addition to your writing or is writing the I, main focus? Writing's the main focus now, but I do um, performances with the book. So when I go out and do events, it's kind of like a combination of a book event and stand up for kids. How do you incorporate those sort of uh, storytelling uh, stand up elements? I just, I do, I mean, I do a lot of uh, just doing almost a kid stand up routine with the audience. I tell them the story of how, you know, I, came across the zombie, you know, the idea for the zombie goldfish and me being a kid and 
uh, reenact a lot of that. Um, and then I get them up on stage acting out stuff. I've got costumes. We've got a game show. There's a, a zombie fish face off that's like, you know, WWF style. It's very, yeah, <laughs> it's very full on and very fun. But I, I want the, I almost feel like the, the performance aspect of it is the payoff for me because I sit in my study or, you know, in my laptop downstairs and I'm writing these jokes and I'm thinking they're funny. Or I'm writing a scene. And I think it's funny, but it's not until I hear the kid laugh like nine months later at a, at a show somewhere <laughs> that I'm, that I confirm that it's funny. <laughs> so, um, so that's the payoff. I hear a real kid laughing and I go, okay, that's cool. Oh. The nine-year-old got it. Good. Good. Yeah, it sounds exactly like a stand-up, uh, you know, getting their material right on the road. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Because it's very, you know, when you're writing comedy and it's just you, you do kind of want to bounce it off someone. And my own kids are sick of it, so. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes them laugh it. anymore? <laughs> no, no, well, they've, they've kind of outgrown the books now. Mm. So they were great, like, when, when I was first writing the books and it, it first started first started out but um they're 11 and 13 now so especially my 13 year old my 11 year old will still like you know let me read bits to her my my 13 year old is just like no <laughs> this is this is not in my zone anymore so <laughs> Well, it seems like the books, uh, the publication is being uh, staggered, you know, between the U.S. and the U.K. Are you kind of constantly hearing from uh, readers on both sides of the pond about different books? And Yeah, it's fun, though, because like I would – so book six came out in England in um, July. And I was all, you know, involved in that and busy promoting that and stuff. And and book four was, was back in my consciousness. And hmm. I, I, I reread it like a couple of – a couple of weeks ago and I was kind of working up more shtick to, to, to do dif different stuff on the road. And it got me excited about the book again, you know? So it's kind of nice that I got to revisit my own books rather than just always be, well, this is the, this is the one that's out here now. So I can go back and go, Oh yay, the cat, you know, the, the King of cats, Egyptian story. Cool. Let's do stuff with that. <laughs> let's do. <laughs> yeah. I believe book five is maybe coming out in the U.S. later this year. You mentioned book six. Yeah. Is this is this um pretty open ended? I mean, is, in terms of the the middle grade uh, part of the series, I think we're we're stopping at six. Although there may be you know there may be other things as far as spinoffs and stuff, but I think we're stopping it at six because I, I what I didn't want to happen was you know a kid to come up to me and go. Yeah, well, you know, book eight wasn't that great. It was a little bit similar to book four, and blah blah. blah. You know, I don't want to kind of wear it out. I think I I I love series, and I love that kids get into series, and I think it's a great opportunity to connect with a character long term and really invest in them. Um, but also because each of the books has two stories in it. That's twelve stories. That's twelve adventures that Tom and Pradeep have. Mm -hmm. have gone on now. So we're letting that settle for a bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> never say never, but we're sure. letting it <laughs> And how did you end up on in that two-in-one sort of format? It's, it's not unheard of, but it's you know a little more unusual to have this sort of two stories. Yeah. Um, Macmillan in the UK did that, well, that, that I know of. I know they did that for uh, another series of books by an author over here called Steve Hartley. Mm -hmm. um, and the rationale I remember them saying was that it's accessible for a younger reader. So a seven-year-old picks up the book and they can complete an entire story and they get that buzz from going, I just read that whole story. But a 10-year-old still feels like that's a decent-sized book for me to be carrying around. I don't look like I'm carrying around a little thin, you know, rainbow magic kind of 
size book. I'm I'm carrying a thick book around. It's a substantial read, but it's broken up into two parts. And we were really conscious of of wanting to get that crossover between the young readers, but still keeping the the older readers, because there are a lot of reluctant 10, 11 year old readers who still like diving into zombie goldfish because it's funny and it's fast and they, and it's accessible. And then there's a six or a seven year old who's really proud that they got through a whole story. So yeah, we really didn't want to lose either reader. Hmm. So it, it was, it was basically done for that reason. It was, it was done to make it accessible for both. What about on the picture book side? Do you think you'll do more after uh, Fantastic Fish Sitter? I don't know. Yeah, that's up in the air. I guess okay. um, I guess this one comes out and we see because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a kind of venture into the into the world of picture books. I have another picture book that's coming out in the UK in uh, August, but it's not a zombie goldfish picture book. It's different. Okay. So you know, with the the middle grade series, perhaps. Uh, you know, perhaps wrapping up, uh, are there other ideas for stories that maybe now have a little, you have the, the room and time to sort of, uh, explore? Yeah, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's, it's really scary as a writer when you're coming off a series. Cause I had written another series before this and then written this one and you come to the end of it. And that's like, you've spent so much time with these people. It's like, you've been in this work environment with these people for a long time and then you change jobs and you've mm. got to figure out how everything goes <laughs> in the new place. So um, I got all excited and I started to write something this summer and I sent it to my agent and she waited a gracious period of about two weeks and then wrote back to me kind of going, second books are really hard. <laughs> okay, it's not very good. All right, all right. It was just a, just a first attempt. This is the first attempt. Uh, so yeah, so it's that, se- you know, second album syndrome, second mm-hmm. series syndrome. So I, 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 I've got a couple of ideas now that I'm really happy with and I'm running with and I'm... I'm devoting the writing time to that. So yeah, watch the space. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you again for speaking with me and uh, congratulations on the new books. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really good fun. Thanks for having me on. Once again, I've been speaking with Mo O'Hara, who's adding two new books to her Big Fat Zombie Goldfish series this spring. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. Cast.